listening to the Night Demon Network. Go to nightdemon.net slash subscriber to unlock more exclusive content. Every weeknight, it's Buzz After Dark. You like that? With Eric Steele. Hang out with me Monday through Friday from 7 to midnight for the Buzz After Dark. It's kind of like the Titanic, except instead of three hours to sink, it takes five hours. Breaks come out at night, that's for sure. Buzz after dark. After dark. All night long. Awesome tunes. Clothing optional. Hope you enjoy the ride. Weeknight 7 to midnight on 1029 The Buzz. Bill's Rock Station. Hello, and welcome to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Nesbitt, and this episode, we're going to discuss one of my favorite Night Demon singles and one of the songs that first grabbed me from the Darkness Remains album. This is episode number 16, Black Widow. I'll let you know before we even start that I absolutely love this song. Uh, You know it's a favorite when it's used for the intro of every episode of the podcast. Uh, The riffs, the guitar harmonies. It's just, it's a personal favorite. Um, So in April of 2017, Night Demon releases the album Darkness Remains. And in the lead up to the album, uh, Night Demon had already released Hallowed Ground and Welcome to the Night as lead up singles. And in July of that year, three months after the album comes out, they release Black Widow as the third single from the album. Here's Jarvis. As far as this song being a single, so it was not a lead-up single to the album. Welcome to the Night and Hallowed Ground were the first two singles that were released before Darkness Remains came out. We were on such a long and a large touring cycle on this. We thought that we needed something else to come out. Uh, the same thing happened with Curse of the Damned. We were actually going to release Killer as a single much later after the album came out and put that on a 7-inch. We even made artwork for it, but that never did materialize. So this time around, we really wanted to do that, and Ali Han over at SPV Records was way behind the idea. And I think choosing Black Widow, it started to become a fan favorite when we were playing live, I mean, we had no idea that people were going to grab onto the song. Black Widow is a really great choice for a single. It's really catchy and memorable. It has everything going for it single-wise. Like, on first listen to the album, even though the album is chock full of hooks, this one still really jumps out. Here's Armand and Dusty. Yeah, again, it's just one of those songs that it's undeniable as a single. 
catchy. It's got a memorable chorus. It's got cool lyrics. You just you just know. There's a, certain songs are supposed to be singles, and I think that was definitely one of them. So that was a no-brainer. And it was a great choice for a single at the time. Um, it pretty much has all the elements of Night Demon. To me, it's it's like one of the more popular. I, I always thought that that song could be like a fucking a radio song. <laughs> Maybe it will be one day, you know. I don't know about the these days, you know, how, can I, how, how the hell do you get a metal song on the radio anymore? But if it were that time, I feel like this song would be one of those songs. Also interesting, too, is this song has some special meaning behind it. It's the first completely new song written by Night Demon after Armand joined the band. And it really shows what Armand brings to the band. It sort of marks the beginning of a new era for Night Demon. But the other thing in my mind was that this was a new era of the band. And again, this was the first song that we had all written together as a band since Armand had joined. So for that fact alone, I wanted, I wanted that to be the single. It just felt more pure. It's a great representation of where we took the band from there when Armand joined. So sometimes when I think about it, I kind of almost think about Night Demon as a new band at that point, like a brand new band, and Black Widow is the debut track. So in July of 2017, Black Widow is released as a video, which we will be getting into in depth, and also as a 7-inch vinyl single, uh, limited to 1,000 copies, which has some pretty cool artwork, which we'll also be getting into in a bit. So even though it's a single, this is actually one of the last songs written for the album. It's funny how the song Black Widow came about. Much like Curse of the Damned, we were short a couple songs for the album. So on Darkness Remains, um, the first sessions that we did up at Bright Mountain, we ended up doing the bulk of the album and then went on tour with Carcass. And then when we came back, we decided that the album needed some more tracks. So we went up there to finish Life on the Run. I think we did We Will Rock You as one of the B-sides. And Black Widow, which is the first song that the band had written together as a full band after Armand had joined. So the whole concept for the song has a pretty, pretty cool origin. And it also involves Armand. The lyrical content of this song, I have to say is my responsibility. This is a story that I've told a few times, but not many many people know about it. So there's a little backstory. Uh, Before the Night Demon thing came about, I was involved in basically kind of putting on and running a small local festival in the mountains uh, in a place called Camp Scheidek. And every year, we would go up there with a bunch of friends and a bunch of bands from the Ventura area, outlying areas, and we'd put on – there's a little there's a little roadhouse bar up there that is fucking awesome. It's like this little town. It's this little western town that is a throwback to the early 1900s. And there's a campsite next to it. And people would go up there and have, you know, they'd play at the bar, you know, one band or whatever. 
a good friend of ours um, from the band that I was in at the time, we had gone up there and played a couple of shows with him, and it was a fucking riot. You know, it's like anything goes. People were smoking in the bar, fucking beer everywhere, you know, shit all over the floor. It's like this killer little cabin, and it's like this getaway, and you just kind of do whatever the hell you want, you know, get drunk, do sort of some sort of psychedelic-type drugs, and have a great time. It's a beautiful place, nature, all that good stuff, rock and roll. What else do you want? So anyway, we got the idea to start throwing this festival there, and the owners of the bar are really cool at helping out with that and letting us do it so we would have, like, a weekend thing, you know? So one of the weekends, uh, this was... I have to say that this was probably the summer, I'm thinking maybe July of 2016. So we we had already recorded um, the bulk of the... Darkness Remains record earlier in the year, I think around March, April, something like that. So there was a bit of a break, and I had gone up to this place with a friend, a couple of friends. As I was driving up there, there's this little windy road that goes through like this this wash, this river like wash. You know, it's dried out obviously at this time, so you can drive through it. And you have to go up this little curb and up this mountain, up and over this hill. Well, as I'm pulling around this corner, I see something walking across the road. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's a a goddamn tarantula, you know, a big tarantula. And I'm saying to my friend, like, what the hell? We don't – there's no – I didn't know that tarantulas were in California, you know. I thought that was like something that you find in the fucking rainforest or somewhere in like, I don't know, in Mexico or some crazy desert place like that. But sure enough, we do have tarantulas around here. So – Anyway, whatever, saw that. So I don't know, later that night or the day after or something, you know, after um, copious amounts of alcohol and uh, maybe some uh, magic mushrooms, I was having a bit of a moment. And I decided to go back and I had taken the band, the van up there um, and I was my plan was just to sleep in the van because I'm lazy and I don't like to set up tents and all that crap. So when I decided I'd had enough for the night, I went back to the van by myself. And for some reason, I just imagined this story about a black widow or a spider. I didn't. I don't know if I said black widow exactly, but I sent a voice message. And so one one morning at about five a.m. Uh, I see a message coming to Dusty and I from Armand, and it's a voice note. And his voice is just so slow, and he's slurring his words, and he says, oh, I just took some mushrooms. I've got an idea for a song, and I just saw this big spider cross the road in front of me. Black Widow. So that's where the concept of this song comes from. Armand's on mushrooms. He sees a big spider on the road and uh, sends this voicemail to the guys at like 5 a.m. And believe it or not, I have that four-year-old voice message. Uh, I'll play it for you now. I'm fucking high on mushrooms right now. But 
I saw a goddamn tarantula across the road on the way up here. So the next song should be about a fucking spider. Female spider. Black Widow. Bye. So there you have it. The seeds of uh, what will become the song Black Widow. But that's basically where it came from. I thought, that's fucking metal as fuck, you know? Like, have, like, this hot chick that goes out and, like, takes dudes home, you know, totally takes advantage of them and then ends up killing them and and keeping them. She's, like, this kind of, like, yeah, like, that's basically what a black widow spider does. that kills their mates and then eats them. So that's where it all started as far as the idea of the theme of the song. And so I took that idea and totally ran with it. And so the concept of the song was born from there. Uh, Musically, it was pretty simple. I mean, we were just kind of sitting in the control room at the captain's quarters, uh, which is Armand's studio. Um, Well, obviously, this was later. This wasn't that morning. Um, And I kind of had this general kind of backing riff in F sharp, which was the opening for the song. And Armand had just kind of played the, the the opening riff over it. It just came right off the top of his head. It came really simple. And we started to structure the song from there. So you can hear that first riff in this, the earliest Black Widow demo. So this is at a point where the intro hadn't been composed and added yet. But you can hear that riff that Jarvis just mentioned kind of driving the song ahead. <laughs> Now, the music, I think it was an idea, the theme of the song was an idea before the music came about. Uh, It was one of those things where we just knew we needed a couple of more songs for the record. And we, uh, me and Jarvis just kind of threw it down one night. Pretty simple. He, I think he had an idea for the key of the song and all that and the sort of a basic version of the riff. And we just started throwing it together, and it, it came together pretty quickly, I, I must say, from what I can remember. It's kind of one of those songs that almost like wrote themselves, wrote itself, you know? We needed another song to kind of tie it all together, like the dude's rug. And Black Widow was the song, um, kind of like how Mastermind and Screams in the Night kind of tie in Curse of the Damned. We needed something for darkness, and Black Widow was the song. Another really like proud moment is that fucking riff, you know, and it and it to me it seems it's almost like a spidery riff, you know. It just everything about this song just goes into the whole the spider theme. Everything just fits so well, you know. So that that the way that riff is played on the guitar, it's almost like a spider walking, you know, over the fretboard kind of thing. This intro riff is really where the song comes to life. It's such a killer metal riff, and it sets up the song so perfectly. Listen to this demo from a bit later, 
when a very early version of that intro has been written, and it really sets off the song. And then we had the idea to do the harmony parts and all that. And it was a very, like, inspired, you know, Judas Priest, almost like uh, Helion or, or, yeah, the Helion before Electric Eye kind of thing. I think it's got a little vibe of, like, Fear of the Dark, you know, a little bit of that from Maiden, but a little slower and more sinister, heavier, I think. What is up, Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast listeners? This is your resident motor mouth, Jarvis Leatherby, telling you about something very, very special here. The Decibel Hall of Fame Anthology, Volume 3. This is a book, guys. That's right. We all know Decibel Magazine as the number one metal magazine in North America for many years running. But you know what? They also have a fucking killer book series, okay? I want to tell you about this. The Decibel Hall of Fame Anthology Volume 3. This limited edition hardcover includes 25 Hall of Fame stories from Decibel's revered monthly series of artist interviews on the making of their classic extreme music albums. Featured in this book are stories behind classic albums such as Stained Class by Judas Priest, Apocalyptic Raids from our good buddy Tom Warrior's Hellhammer, Pleasure to Kill from Teutonic German Terror Creator. Court in the Act from the legendary new wave of British heavy metal gods, Satan. And of course, Abigail from the legendary King Diamond. And last but not least, Night Demon's personal favorite, Heartwork from the only other band from Liverpool, Carcass. So guys, please head on over right now to store.decibelmagazine.com and grab a copy to read the definite stories of Heavy Metal's definitive albums. Put in the promo code NIGHTDEMON upon checkout to receive 10% off. That's NIGHTDEMON, one word, all capital letters. Get your 10%, store.decibelmagazine.com. While you're there, guys, go ahead and grab a subscription of the Mag 2. They've got a great vinyl flexi series do yourselves a favor here get on the level store.decibelmagazine.com promo code night demon so as the song progresses you can really hear the evolution of the intro and the guitar sounds on this track check out this next demo with the intro but with guitar harmonies added
So you can really see at this point how this riff evolved into this like monster killer intro. And by the way, you can hear these full demos in the subscriber section on nightdemon.net. It didn't really evolve too much structure-wise from the initial demos into into what was put on the album. But the guitar riffs definitely evolved, which was a really good thing. I mean, we pay really close attention to that because, again, we're a three-piece, so we don't have a lot of backing behind us. So everything needs to count. And, of course, it's a short and sweet song like most Night Demon tunes. Another part of this intro that's vital in making it sound so huge is the cool snare part that Dusty plays underneath the intro. The intro is pretty epic as far as the big open chords. Um, and then there's the snare drum cadence. Uh, that's something that we made up while I was tracking. You know, I didn't really know how I was going to be doing that snare drum fill. I kind of had a little bit of an idea, but uh, Jarvis and Armand actually helped me piece that whole snare cadence together. Um, they both have really great drummer ears, and they were able to help me, you know, get everything set up so that I could make it interesting and fun and where it works for the song. It gives such a cool, unique sound to the intro, and it almost has like a military feel to it. Check out this next demo and really pay attention to the feeling that that drum part gives to the intro. come in with the cymbal chokes then it's you know off to the races in the verse um and in the chorus um but the verse is really just kind of like this like on top of the beat just like kind of going for it punk rock kind of feel and then the, the main parts of the song are kind of like almost like a little punk rockish kind of thing or like a just real throwback rock and roll where you just you know hang on that chord let the vocals do its thing you know we wanted to like Keep the keep the verses pretty simple. You know, the riffs, the chorus uh, is pretty busy with the guitar riff and stuff like that. So we decided, you know, let me just play a chord under the, you know, under the verse and just let let the vocals carry it because we knew that the story really wanted to be told. You know, so we didn't want to distract it with all this flashy guitar stuff and everything. All it took was a single look, got you feeling trapped under a spell. See those eyes with the look of revenge, paralyzing you in private hell. That's part of what makes Armand such a great guitar player, is showing restraint and just playing chords and letting the lyrics shine through and never overplaying. Like his guitar parts always serve the song first. And then as soon as we get into the pre-chorus, then it's a little more heavy metal, and then 
when that chorus comes in, it's kind of got almost like a like a pop element. I know that that's like blasphemous to say, but once that kind of groove comes in and you really get into like the singing part of Black Widow, it becomes a sing-along. Black Widow. Yeah, that's me and Dusty, man. I think um, on the record, yeah, that's me and me and Dusty doing those backup vocals, and we do those live as well. Maybe we probably double-tracked them maybe two or three times, you know? They're not they're not too gangy. I don't I think it's just us. Black Widow! Coming strong! Black Widow! Won't be long! Black Widow! Out for blood, Black Widow! Looking for your love! Uh, we all sang the Black Widow vocals, and when we do gang vocals together, we'll um, do multiple takes and layer them. So it was probably like six or eight times that we sang it. And then you just put all those on top of each other and load it up that way. But yeah, you can hear us all on those gang vocals for sure. I thought it was a great idea for the song. And then Jarvis wrote great lyrics for it. We wanted to leave it up to the listener's imagination a bit. But also lyrically, it's pretty self-explanatory, which is kind of what I like. It's always cool to do metaphors in songs and kind of let the listener decide for themselves what the song is about. But sometimes if something is this intentional, you want to get the point across lyrically. That's a that's a skill that is developed for sure. So yeah, the first verse, all it took was a single look. Got you feeling trapped under a spell. All it took was a single look. Got you feeling trapped under a spell. So that's basically, you know, the video kind of all already in mind or, you know, when I write lyrics, I see things visually like that. So you see the Black Widow, you meet the woman at a bar or somewhere in public at a concert or whatever, and she gives you that look and it's like head over heels right away. See those eyes with a look of revenge paralyzing you in private hell see those eyes with the look of revenge paralyzing you in private hell then we go to the first pre-chorus hunting in the night she's got you in her sight hunting in the night she's got you in her sight so basically that's her mo she goes out looking for her prey and then the chorus just repeats Black Widow. Yeah, that's Armand and I just harmonizing Black Widow. Black Widow, she'll never be alone again. Black Widow, ripping out the hearts of all men. Black Widow, coming strong. Black Widow, won't be long. Black Widow, she's out for blood. Black Widow, looking for your love. Black Widow, she'll never be alone again. So right there, even from the first verse to the pre-chorus to the chorus, you already get the idea of the song. And as a lyric writer, that does bring up some challenges because when you have the full picture in your head and you kind of nail it in the first quarter of the song, you really have to dig deep 
to keep some kind of storyline going. Second verse. Be on the look when you walk the streets. Ravenous for flesh, the queen awaits. Like a spider ready to eat. Piercing venomous fangs give her away. Be on the look when you walk the streets. Ravenous for flesh, the queen awaits. Like a spider ready to eat. Piercing venomous fangs give her away. So second pre-chorus here. I like this that we chose different lyrics for this for the for the pre-choruses. I think that's really interesting. I try and do that as much as I can. Sometimes the pre-chorus is the total hook of a song where you have to repeat it and the same with the chorus. I mean, we hear the title over and over again in the chorus. But even with the chorus, we have different taglines, different lyrics that go with that. So it just makes the song a little bit more interesting. It may be hard to sing along as uh, maybe first, second, or third time listener, but at least you can sing the Black Widow parts, right? I mean, that's the part that really matters. So second pre-chorus, don't be misunderstood. She'd kill you if she could. Don't be misunderstood. She'd kill you if she could. Chorus, second one. Black Widow, she'll never be alone again. Black Widow, ripping out the hearts of all men. So that's the same as the first chorus, but then we change the second half of here. Black Widow, Scarlet Witch. Black Widow digs your ditch. Black Widow spins her web. Black Widow, here she comes again. Black Widow should never be alone again. Black Widow tearing out the hearts of a man. Black Widow, Scarlet Witch. Black Widow digs your ditch. Black Widow spins her web. Black Widow, here she comes again so she's a repeat offender that's what she does she goes out finds men lures them into her lair they think they're gonna get lucky but it's actually the most unlucky day of their entire life because little do they know it's gonna fucking end tonight so after the second chorus this is where the song really starts to ramp up. Then when we go into the, the midsection, um, I kind of do a drum fill that follows the scale of the guitar walking and the vocal line. The part where he says, here she comes again. And then I go into like this, like, you know, that's when the tempo changes. Then I do the fast snare drum roll, boom, right into the solo. Ah! Dusty goes into a much faster drum beat and we ring out. This is the part where the solo happens. But I mean, really, that's kind of just an old new wave of British heavy metal thing that I was inspired by to really ramp it up there and go into this kick-ass solo, and then it goes into this double bass part where Dustin and I both kind of synchronize that 
double bass beat with the bass. I'm palm muting on the bass and playing it exactly to the kick drum, which really locks it in and gives room for Armand to just shred all over it. He had a bass line in the Four Horsemen that kind of went like that. When you really listen on headphones, you can hear it. Mine's a little more intricate, and you know we're playing at a faster tempo. But that was kind of in my head when I wrote that part. I was kind of thinking of him and what he did on Four Horsemen in that part. That is the part where I kind of really want to get into Armand's guitar solo. And Armand's guitar solo on this song kicks ass. The Black Widow solo is another one of those that kind of came together kind of off the cuff as we were jamming and writing the song. Um, You know, I don't... It's funny. Sometimes I can have to... I will sit down and actually plot solos out. You know, or other times it just kind of comes to me on the spot as we're playing, you know? And a lot of times I'm a, I'm a very true believer in the statement of like your first idea is usually the best idea. You know, there's been many times where I've questioned an idea, gone over, refined it, blah, 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 tried new things. And then sure enough, you come back to that original idea and that ends up being the best thing. So you can tell even in this early demo, one of his first takes of the solo, but it was already all about intensity melody, and tapping. You can see in that version, he goes straight into this tapping frenzy, which is pretty cool. But then in a later demo, you can see that he's trying some different things. So this is from a later demo where he doesn't really do any tapping. But you can see he's trying out a few different ideas.
So when you hear these demos as the song progresses, you can hear that he went straight for the tapping, tried out a few different things, but then he kind of came around and went back to the tapping with incorporating some of these new ideas that he was trying out. If you're a Night Demon subscriber, it's pretty interesting. If you want to go in, these full demos are in there. Um, There's a bunch of them, and you can listen to the song progressing, and if you want to, you can listen to them all and listen to the different versions of the guitar solos. And this is a cool example of Armand, and you can really hear him with his initial idea for the solo. And as these demos progress, you can really see how he ended up settling on the solo that we get on the album. Yeah, I mean, it's in uh, the key of F-sharp minor. So it's got a minor feel. So the beginning, I kind of do, it's in sections for me. I started out with a wah pedal, kind of playing some kind of minor melody stuff. And then I break into kind of like a little rock and roll riff, Ace Freely kind of lick. And then right before I go into the tapping part, it's again one of those kind of like Middle Eastern sounding little scale things. Or almost like something that would be, you know, uh, kind of like the Munsters theme. You know, that, that kind of sound, whatever that is. Uh, it's pretty fitting for the song and the title and the theme of the song, what it's all about and everything. The tapping part, it was something I was playing around with in the studio, or I, actually when we were jamming, writing the song. Uh, funny enough, fitting, it's a sad day. The legendary Eddie Van Halen passed away. And for anybody that knows anything about rock and heavy metal, um, that solo is a definite tribute or inspired by Eddie, especially the uh, tapping part. Hey guys, Jarvis jumping in here. I want to tell you about Shadow Kingdom Records. Shadow Kingdom was the first domestic label to release Night Demon on CD. They put out the EP in 2013 and they also released the vinyl version of Live Darkness. Listen, you guys need to get your ass to the Shadow Kingdom Records store, okay? Right now, they're offering 10% off for all Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast listeners. Just go to the website, put in the code Night. Demon 10. That's Night Demon 10. All capital letters, Night Demon 10. No spaces. Put that promo code in upon checkout to get 10% off. Right now, guys, they have the Blood Star 7 inch, which has sold over 1,500 copies, and these guys cannot hold on to it. So, this next pressing, you want to get that before it goes out, okay? Also, it's SKR Compilation Volume 1. Guys, this is free on Bandcamp. They're giving it away for free. So not only are you going to go to ShadowKingdomRecords.com and put in the code, all capital letters, no spaces, NightDemon10 upon checkout, 
You're also going to go to their Bandcamp site and get this compilation for free. You're going to hear tons of fantastic fucking heavy metal. If you love us, you're going to love this label. Check it out, shadowkingdomrecords.com. Put in the promo code NIGHTDEMON10 and receive 10% off of your entire order. Do it. And one of my favorite solos of the record, hands down. I mean, I love it. I'm really proud of that solo. I think it's one of the, I don't know, one of my highlights of my career. I love it, man. I love playing it. It's definitely a challenge every time I play it because, you know, I don't wear my guitar up high and I'm not like all proper ready to just have my 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 fingers ready to go whenever I need them. You know, I just kind of like jump into it. And sometimes I don't land it. I think I landed it pretty good on the live record. song to play live always a challenge um, can never take a, any time off when it comes to um, being ready to play that one when the song is played live it always goes over really well the intro is really powerful we have harmony guitars on there we did layer that on the album but Armand, even back in the days when he was playing with new liberty i always noticed he did a really really good job of being in a one guitar player band and implying the harmonies. It's like if you play the first line and then the second time it repeats, you play the harmony, it's almost implied because the listener is hearing the melody on the first round and they're expecting to hear it again. Even if you've never heard the song before, when it repeats right away and you go to the harmony, it's almost like you're hearing the harmony in your head. So that's a little mind trick that that we play on the audience. But Armand does it so well, and it really does work. There's something really subliminal to it. I'm sure there's some kind of science behind it, but you know, I'm just a dumb rock musician, right? Uh, live, yeah. I think it's a fan favorite. It's fun to play. Again, for me, there's just fun riffs in it. The solo 
is like one of those solos where like when I'm getting ready to play it, I'm just like looking around like, all right, motherfuckers, you ready to hear this bitch and solo? Fuck yeah. Try to pump myself up so I nail it, you know? I just I just put a lot of passion into that solo. If it, it really means a lot to me, so every time we play it, I it it like I don't know, I just get excited when it comes up to that part. The song was out as a single. We played it at pretty much every show, and it goes over well. It's a fun song. Um, it's a sing-along song. It's got the great intro, the great midsection. Um, the song goes somewhere. It takes you on a ride. Um, so we played it quite a bit when it first came out, but recently it's been a song that we've kind of put on the back burner. Uh, we don't really play it that often. I don't know why, um, but we have so many songs that we have to choose from. So sometimes we don't get to play the songs that we want or the songs that everybody wants, and that's just the way it goes. Um, but yeah, we played that song quite a bit, and it always seemed to go over pretty well. So Black Widow, one of the last things to be written for the album, becomes a fan favorite live and uh, becomes the third single from the album. So like I mentioned earlier, in July of 2017, Black Widow was released as a 7-inch vinyl single and limited to 1,000 copies. And it has a really, really awesome B-side. So the B-side of that 7-inch was our version of Black Sabbath's Turn Up the Night, which doesn't really get a lot of love, that song. It's really hard to even find a live version of that from the Dio years, but that was the first track on the Mob Rules record, and it's such an awesome track. Even back to the days when Brent was in the band, we had loved that song so much, and we had talked about covering it, but we never attempted it. So this time around, with Armand in the band, I knew we were going to fucking nail it and he was going to nail those leads and we sped up the tempo and we added some of our own kind of things, especially at the end, we added the outro. So I thought that was cool. That kind of made it our own. Uh, Tackling those Dio vocals was a little tough, but I thought my voice did pretty good on it and it did sound like me. I didn't try and sound like him. Turn Up the Night was recorded during the first batch of recordings that we did for uh, Darkness Remains. It was just a song that Jarvis wanted to cover, and all of us being huge Black Sabbath fans, and especially Dio Sabbath fans, it was like a no-brainer. And also, I think it's one of those songs that fits Night Demon. You know, it's got that kind of fast, just rock and roll, straight-ahead thing. And, you know... We just put our spin on it and just sped it up a bit. And also, you know, for Jarvis to sing, you know, it's not easy to sing anything that Dio has ever done. So 
you know, it's a song that doesn't have any really crazy high vocal notes and stuff like that. So that was a perfect, perfect song if we're going to do Sabbath. You know, it's a, you know, it's a known song, but it's obviously not something like super popular. Turn up the night. Yeah, of course it goes over live really well because anybody that's a true metal fan is a fucking Sabbath fan. So if you don't know that song, then fucking go home. So every time we bust that one out, people love it. But, you know, of course, it's it, again, it's not a super popular song. So I'll, I'll let you slide if, if you don't really know that, if that song doesn't stick out to you right away. I think we've actually opened with that a few times, believe it or not. It's kind of throwing a wrench, you know, a little surprise, something that people wouldn't expect. We've done that a few times. It's always fun to do. It's always fun to, to change things up and give people something new, especially because there's a lot of people that, you know, come and see us multiple times. And we'll notice that, you know, certain people are at shows that we know are, like, really big fans that have come to see us, like, multiple days in a row. You know, sometimes we'll change the set list kind of on purpose for them. And because uh, it's always great to see the, the look on their faces when – we bust out something like that first. You know, they're thinking, and I, I'm pretty sure we, you, we've done it where we use the Welcome to the Night intro, but then we go into uh, Turn Up the Night. Oh, Welcome to the Night, Turn Up the Night. Hmm. Quite clever there, huh? Yeah, we've done that a few times. And we've done a few, like, shows where we just do cover, cover sets, cover sets, because, like, sometimes when, we, you know, we when we've been on tour with, like, Say for example, the accepts or the anvils or something like that. They'll they'll have a uh, you know a few days with holes in them. You know, like no shows booked because they want to take a day off or whatever. And you know, we don't have that luxury all the time because a day off for us is money lost. You know what I mean? Like we got to get hotel rooms, stuff like that. And you know, we're not making as much as they are on tour, so we can't really afford to take days off. So a lot of times we'll find out where. The band's staying or go to the town that we're going to play in a night early and do like a special cover show. You know, don't give away the the real live set. Just go over and play a cover show and it'll hype up the actual show for us that's the next day or whatever. That's worked out pretty cool. And of, so, of course, that's always in the set when we do those kind of things. Turn up the night really isn't. Black Sabbath didn't play that song live very many times at all. I think we only found one recording that they had played it live. I think it was right when they had started the tour for that record. They started playing it live, um, but it didn't really translate well for them for some reason, so they never really played it. But um, for us to cover that, that was a great song for me to learn how to play because uh, Vinnie Apice is just a beast on the drums, and it's such a different groove. Like, when you hear a lot of the grooves on Heaven and Hell, you can tell it's Bill Ward. Then when you hear the grooves on grooves on Mob Rules, you can tell it's Vinnie. And the way he just lays into the drums and lays his grooves in, everything's, like, really far on the backbeat, and then he's got those signature triplet fills. Um, that was a hard song for me to to learn how to play right. I still can't play it right, but I try my best. Um, you know, and I, I really tried to keep it so that it was really organic, Black Sabbath, Vinnie, Apathy vibe, and um, 
but still make it so that it's night demon as well. So there's certain things that I do that are really verbatim and by the book, and then there's other things that I do that you can tell it's night demon and it's me playing. So I really kind of did my homework and really did in the preparation of the song to make sure that I could do it justice. And then we kind of did like a little War Pigs ending where we do the big fills because on the record for Mob Rules, um, Turn Up the Night just fades out and we didn't want to do that. So we came up with a little ending and uh, we did the, the last two notes that we hit are just like uh, War Pigs. So it's still all Sabbath from start to finish. A very cool B-side from a very cool single of what I would say is one of Night Demon's signature songs, Black Widow. I'd say it's just a staple of Armand joining the band at the time he did in 2016. You know, the bookend of writing that record with the transition of Brent leaving and Armand coming in. I thought that it really showed where the band was going for the future. And... It needed to happen at the time that it did, and I think it's exactly what it needs to be. Black Widow is a culmination of everything that has to do with Night Demon. Catchy riffs, hooky lyrics, a horror-themed lyric, and a video with blood, gore, and a hot chick. So what else do you want? That's rock and roll, man. So that's it for this episode. We still have a lot of Black Widow to get into next week, including the video. Uh, We also have some interviews with the producer and the director and uh, behind-the-scenes stories from the shooting, Um, interview with the cover artists. So tune in next week for part two. Also, go to nightdemon.net and become a subscriber for tons of bonus content. There are a bunch of full demos of Black Widow up there if you want to hear the song as it develops. And the different approaches Armand took in the solos. We have the streaming B-side of the Dio era Sabbath song, Turn Up the Night. It's only available if you bought the 7-inch single, which is out of print. Or you can listen to it in the subscriber area. As for those out of print 7 inches, there are a few out of print Black Widow 7-inch vinyl limited stock in the subscriber store. For subscribers only... Uh, Also, new old stock of the Black Widow Woven Patch, which is like a Mexican import. And tons of photos, uh, the Black Widow fan tattoos, and one-of-a-kind fan-made merchandise. There's a cool gallery in there. So be sure to check it out. It's nightdemon.net slash subscriber. Until next week, this is Nesbitt signing off. Black Widow! Thanks for listening to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Head over to nightdemon.net, 
click on the subscriber tab and sign up to access exclusive weekly bonus content. If you would like to donate to support the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast, you can do so through PayPal at paypal.me slash nightdemonmetal. Additionally, if you have not already done so, please subscribe, like, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Unbearable suspense keeps you on the edge of an abyss of terror. Take a cult film odyssey into cinemadness with Cinematic Void. Based in Los Angeles, Cinematic Void is a film series that specializes in horror and exploitation films. Currently, we are hosting Cinematic Void Up All Night in the Cinemadness Movie, a monthly virtual screening series, as well as the Cinematic Void podcast, where we dive deeper into the world of cult cinema. You can find Cinematic Void on the World Wide Web at cinematicvoid.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like what we do, you can support Cinematic Void by joining our Patreon. Until next time, see you in the void.